Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is January 30, and our chapter is Exodus chapter 4. When I spoke with you yesterday on the podcast, we looked at Moses' first question that he posed to God when God said, I am going to send you to be the deliverer of my people. You're going to confront Pharaoh and you're going to be bringing my people out with a strong and mighty arm. He will not listen to you. Pharaoh will be stubborn, hard-hearted, but I am going to break him and break Egypt for what they've done to my people. But Moses began to stutter and stammer literally. The first question he asked was, what if indeed I go to these people and you send me and they say to me, when I say the God of my father sent me, they're going to say, well, what is his name? And so we went over that yesterday. You can listen to the podcast. I'm not going to repeat that. So when we come to chapter 4, Moses then began to ask another question. Not just who sent me and what is his name, but according to chapter 4 and verse 1, then Moses answered and said, but suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say the Lord has not appeared unto you. Now Moses is already showing his true colors. Because he's supposing a lot. Now, for those of you who know me and who have said under my teaching, I have said to you over and over again, no one wanders well. That is, no one wanders, W-O-N-D-E-R, well. Because what happens is people say, well, I wonder if they, suppose they were, it always ends up bad. Because it has a negative connotation to begin with. And so when people say, I wonder if they, the next thing we say in the West is, and especially in the southern United States, well, I'll bet they. And that's never, I'll bet they, a good thing. It is always imputing motives to people, judging people, and we need to just stop it. We need to quit doing those kinds of things because they are never helpful. Moses was already caught up into this. You see, it would appear as though Moses has legitimate questions to begin with. But before we get through chapter 4, it's obvious Moses is going somewhere with his questioning. Have you ever been around anyone that no matter what you say, they're going to have questions and their questions are not for so much information, but for insinuation. They're trying to get a point across. Moses' point was, and God knew it, and he was very patient with him, I don't want to do this thing, and so I'm going to ask a series of questions to try to get you to see things my way. This is a classic case of passive 
aggressive behavior. And this is what Moses is doing. And I'm not trying to be a psychologist. I'm just telling you this is the way passive aggressive people do. And this is exactly what Moses is doing. And so suppose, Lord, that they say, well, how do we know the Lord's appeared unto you? So the Lord said unto him, what is in your hand? And so God gave him a miracle. Now, you remember what the apostle Paul said? In the New Testament, he said that the Jews seek after a sign, the Greeks after wisdom. You see, the way that God many times throughout the Bible, throughout the entire Bible, God gave signs to his people. Why? Because the Jewish people were always asking for a supernatural manifestation, something that would let them know that this is a supernatural act of God and not just something they reasoned out. And so God would many times give a supernatural intervention. We call it a miracle to show them that it indeed was God. The same thing happened at Pentecost. The same thing happened all through the scriptures. Many times uh, the Lord Jesus was confronted. Show us a sign. Show us a sign. Show us a sign. And this is the way that Middle Eastern people and Jewish people think. Now, this has just been repeated down through history, and the Bible is replete with the examples of that. But the Greeks, from which most of us came from, our educational system and so forth, we want a logical analytical answer. We want to make sense to us before we'll act. The thing about that is many times what God does doesn't make sense to the human sinful, depraved mind. So we just think in the West, for instance, that if we can get someone to follow us through a series of Bible verses in Romans or Isaiah or John, and we can get them to agree with us and to lead them in a prayer that that equals salvation. Well, we should know by now that doesn't equal salvation because people can pray prayers till they are blue in the face, but that doesn't mean that they are born again, that they have become a new creation in Christ, that the Spirit of God has come to live within their heart, that change has taken place. And we've all seen that. So the Scripture is true at every level. And so the Jews are seeking a sign. And so God knows that, and he's being patient and leading most us along. Why? Because God has a mission for him and he is guiding him. And so God said, what's in your hand, Moses? He said, a rod. And he said, cast it to the ground. He did. And it turned into a serpent. Now that's a miracle. If you don't believe it, go out and get you a stick and throw it down and see if it becomes a serpent. If it does, most likely you won't be around to tell us because you'll die on the spot. But the reality is it doesn't happen unless God's in it, and that's the case with Moses. Then he said, well, I'll give you a second sign. And so God preempted his question with a second sign. He said, put your hand inside your cloak, inside your bosom, and then take it out. And he put it in clean. It came out leprous. He put it back in, and it came out clean. So that was a second sign. Then God gave him a third sign. He said, if indeed they won't believe. Now, do you see what God's doing? He is preempting Moses' questions because he knows what
what Moses is up to. He's trying to get out of this. And so God, oh, listen, folks, we can't hide anything from God. God's the one. He knows everything before it happens. And so why don't we just be honest with him and not try to play games? God is not into playing games. God is not like us. He's not trying to negotiate with us. You see, this is what we want to do so many times. Moses was doing this. We pray, God, what would you have me to do? And many times if God told us, we'd start negotiating with him. Well, God's not into negotiation unless he is just acting in mercy and grace. And he does that with us. He's patient with us. But when God tells us to do something, he's not asking, do we feel like it? He's not appealing to our emotion. When God commands us to do something, it has nothing to do with how we feel. It has to do with our volition, our obedience. We either obey or disobey. God doesn't ask us how we feel about it. He just says, do it. And so he had an assignment for Moses and So after he gave him the third sign, and that was the water would turn into blood, and you know he used that with Pharaoh later, but here's three miracles. God gave Moses three miracles, the rod turning to a serpent, the hand becoming leprous, and then you had the miracle of the water turning to blood. And so now it comes out in verse 10, Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent. I am not good with speaking, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Now, the word slow here is the word kabed. Kabed is the word for heavy. He says, my tongue is heavy. I can't talk plain. And he was slurring his speech. He was a slow talker, and he was not eloquent at all. And was that so? Well, obviously it was. And so God said, Moses, who made your mouth? Don't you know that I can give you anything that you need? And again, we talked about this yesterday in yesterday's podcast, because this is a recurring theme with Moses. And so what Moses was wanting was to tell God how he couldn't do something. And so he asked God to just excuse him from the task. And then when God said, no, I made your mouth, I'm going to give you everything you need. Then he said, will you get a substitute? Lord, will you just get somebody else? Because obviously you're not getting it, Lord. I don't want to do this. And so God said, I'm going to give you your brother. Now, your brother, he can speak very well and eloquent. And so he's going to be your spokesperson. He's going to be the one that's going to be the front person for you. And I'm going to speak to you and you're going to speak to him. And we're going to do this thing. Now, Moses, I've set my heart on this and you're going to do it. And so Moses said, okay, God, if this is what it is, then we're going to do this together. And so... So it went on. Now, God told him, he said, Moses, here is what I'm going to say to you. Not only now do I know you're going to need a sign, but I know in the future you're going to need a sign because it's in your nature that you can't trust me. 
So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you to come back to this mountain where I'm speaking to you, and I am going to constitute the nation here. I want you to come back here and worship. Now, the word worship is the same word for serve. Because, you see, worship's not just lifting up your hands in praise to God. It's not just gathering together on a certain day for a certain event or a certain prayer time or fast time or festival or worship and celebration. It's about service. This is why the Apostle Paul picks up on this, this language of sacrifice in Romans chapter 12, and says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, I urge you, I beg you, on the basis of all that God has done for us in Christ, all of the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Your reasonable, your logical, your logical service. It just falls in line that if God has given you everything you have, He's done for you all that He's done. It's just logical that you would give your total life to Him. And by the way, it is your reasonable what? Your reasonable service. It is translated. The word is worship. The word is worship or service, either one. You say, well, which is it? Yes, it's both because you cannot truly worship God without serving him. You cannot truly serve God without worshiping him. And so it's not just the hand of service. It's not just the heart of worship. It's not just the head of prayer. It is head, heart, and hand working because God has saved the totality of who we are, body, soul, and spirit. And he wants us to serve him, to worship him, worship him, and serve him. So he said, I'm going to give you another sign. Moses, when you bring the people out, not if you bring the people out, but when you bring the people out, I want you to bring them back here to this place, and it'll be a sign unto you. I'll get you back here, and when you're here, I want you to remember this is what I told you. And that's exactly what happened. Now, there's a lot more in chapter 4, but time is passing away, and we're going to pick up and go into chapter 5 as we read through the Bible and these key chapters together. I hope you're being blessed as you walk on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.